do you want to write more songs in 2024 than you did in 2023? Me too. So let's talk about how we both can have our best songwriting year yet in 2024. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joseph Adala. Honored that you would take some time out of your busy day, your busy week, to talk songwriting with me. Glad that songwriting as a craft is important enough to you that you're willing to listen to a podcast about it. That's exciting to me because, hey, I know that we don't have that much extra time in life. And for somebody to listen to any form of educational podcast rather than just an entertainment podcast already is a, a huge thing, right? How, I mean, how many educational podcasts do people listen to? Like one tops, maybe two, right? Might be like personal finance and songwriting or something like that. But you could be listening Rogan. Instead, you're listening uh, to somebody talk about songwriting. So I'm glad that songwriting is important to you. It's important to me as well. So if you haven't already, be sure to grab my free six-step lyric writing checklist. It's at songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. It walks you through the six steps that I go through when writing lyrics that have at least helped me to be able to write lyrics that pass what I like to call a frame test. Basically, it's the idea that if our lyrics hold up just as poetry when there's no melody to sort of cover up that really the lyrics are kind of silly, but the melody sounds good and the singer sounds good singing it. So you kind of don't even notice that the lyrics are kind of little mid or maybe cringe or not very good. But if you just have your lyrics in a frame on a wall, there's no background music. There's no chord progression. There's no sweet guitar riff. There's no awesome piano part, no great vocalist that can cover up what your lyrics are. They either hold up as poetry or they don't. And to me, the best type of lyrics to write are ones that will pass the frame test. And at least for me, this process has helped me to break down lyric writing into smaller steps so that it's much easier to actually finish with a lyric that I feel proud of, that I feel like passes the frame test rather than just a lyric that feels uh, like I kind of want it to be covered up, which of course has happened to all of us, but we're all trying to get away from that, hopefully. Again, songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. There we go. So we're talking about how to write more songs and then the implication as well as also better songs in 2024. And the first thing I want to talk about is something that I discovered is maybe a strong word, but have committed myself to more recently and that's incorporating songwriting sprints. Now, songwriting sprints is just the name I give to a songwriting session where your goal is to go from start to finish on a song in that songwriting session, and you give it a time box. Time box just means, you know, a, a timer, and you have to do it in that amount of time. So whether the time box you give it, right, if you time box it to two hours, half an hour, which would be pretty aggressive, 15 minutes if you're a crazy person, or what I do, which is an hour. An hour I find is like that sweet spot for you can finish a song, but you're gonna, you know, simplify in a lot of areas because there's not a lot of time. And your lyrics are gonna still need a lot of work after most of the time because that much time to write a good lyric, lyrics take more time generally than music. Like you can write, if you know your basic music theory and understand keys and stuff, and the more you get used to like imp improvisation, 
writing music for a song that's actually pretty good in an hour really isn't that difficult. It's more about getting out of your own head. Uh, but the lyrics are still, to me, at least the most difficult part of that. But a songwriting sprint at its core is you sit down and your goal is that even though you have no song, maybe you have an idea for a song at best. But by the time you're done sitting down for that hour, maybe hour and a half, maybe half hour, you will have a finished song or at least a finished draft of a song, right? Because we can always edit it into something better later. Almost never probably are you going to end up with a song that's just totally done after an hour that you wouldn't want to at least massage the lyrics a little bit, but that's okay because we got out of our own heads and we were able to go from no song to a song in an hour. And some of us might be struggling to finish any song at all over the course of months or years. In fact, for this podcast, we're actually taking a break from going through all of the responses that I got when I asked you all what your biggest songwriting struggle was. And by far the most common thing to come up with some version of finishing songs. So this will help you get in the habit, like making a habit of being able to finish songs. Now, it might not be finished in the sense that it's not a finished product, but you at least have a finished song that you could go out and perform. Massaging and editing the lyrics from there, tweaking the melody is, is, is just really frosting on top in a sense. So one thing to do is do more songwriting sprints. You don't have to do this, but I'll tell you what my personal goal has been the past probably a couple months now. Once a week. Once a week, I do a songwriting session that is a songwriting sprint. Because then, theoretically, you have 52 song drafts guaranteed per year. Even if you did no other songwriting, you have 52 finished songs finished with air quotes around them because it's really a song draft. It's probably not something that you would want to go to an open mic with the next day. Probably need some lyric massaging, but technically it is a complete finished song. You're guaranteed at least 52 in a year if you just do this songwriting session once a week because it's 52 weeks in a year. Plus adding in all your other songwriting sessions to edit them into something better and all the songs that you're taking the longer, more meticulous, maybe more crafting a song route, which is the route I generally prefer, you still get to do all that, right? Because there's six other days in the week. Uh, but for that one day a week, you'll take an hour, half an hour, and do a songwriting sprint. And this will help us to practice efficiency and then what some people call quantity leading to quality. I think my friend Chad Shank is actually the first person I heard that phrase from, quantity leading to quality. And uh, I, I think it's one of those where like quantity doesn't always lead to quality. Uh, I think I think the idea that like if you just write enough, then magically some of them will be good or really good or the best. I don't think that's true because at some point like time does matter, right? If, if you spend – there is a point where like you can spend too much time on something – but, you know, just as an extreme example, if you wrote a novel every month, do you really think you're going to end up with a better novel than if you tried to do one once a year? And then maybe you mixed in like two months out of the year, I'm going to do the nano remo thing and I'm just going write to a, write a book as quickly as I can. And then for the other 10 months, I'm going to work on one book and really crafting it, really planning it. You know, probably almost always the, the 10 month one is going to be better because at some point, of, of course, time 
to a degree has a relationship to quality. And if you always rush through a song and just focus on quantity and never focus really on quality, then you're just going to get quantity and not get quality. And if you do get quality, it will be once in a while. It won't be as much quality as if you had focused on it. So I think I talked about this at length in a recent podcast, but something I realized is we all probably lean either towards like a quantity person or a quality person. I think all of us would be best served if we actually try to concentrate on both. So admittedly for myself, I've always been a quality focus rather than quantity focus. Um, But I think I could use some of that quantity focus because it helps teach you to be more efficient. And sometimes we just get in our own ways where we might, sometimes simplifying might be the right thing for us to do. Sometimes we want to make things more complex. We don't want to be so simple all the time. As I've said many times, simple is good is just simply a lie that if you think about it for even three seconds is obviously not true, Uh, but it's also not true that complex is good either. So incorporating song sprints will push us to practice finishing songs. It will push us to get out of our own heads. It will help us practice efficiency And just if you're somebody who's listened to this podcast, you probably already buy into the quality element and crafting songs and caring about actually getting the lyrics to be good and caring about lyrics. And you probably buy in at least to a degree that music theory to an extent, of course, is going to help you write music, compose music in at least more intentional way. You have more control over what you do with your music when you understand the theory behind how to write music. But we all could also use a little help probably in the efficiency department. And songwriting sprints are a great way to do that. Even if you never end up getting a song that you would ever release from a songwriting sprint, at the very least, it will help us get in the practice of finishing songs. And then, of course... You might be surprised, I certainly have been surprised, how many pretty solid song drafts I get done in an hour that then I can, you know, maybe take four more songwriting sessions that week and then massage the lyrics into something actually pretty good. And, you know, maybe once in a while I'll be like, and I built the whole song off of one chord progression. Maybe let's write a different chord progression for the bridge or something like that. But you'd be surprised how many how many times you get a lot of pretty good stuff in an hour just by like setting the timer and saying, this is all I have. I only have an hour. It just puts your brain in a different gear where somehow you, you get it done. And it's something that will help us to produce more songs. And to a degree, I think it will help us write some better songs as well. Certainly will help with finishing songs, even if it doesn't help with quality at all. It will certainly help with quantity and with practicing finishing songs. And then idea number two for how we can write more songs in 2024 is to practice doing what's needed, not what you or I most feel like doing. So sometimes we all use what we feel like doing as an excuse to not do what we need to do. So for instance, maybe you're somebody that you just think the most fun part of songwriting is sitting with your guitar and coming up with a sweet, killer guitar riff. You're good at it. You're proud of your guitar riffs. It's fun for you because you're a really good guitarist, so it's just a blast. That's what you love. And then you dread when the time for lyric writing comes. Probably... 
you're going to need to spend more time than you want writing lyrics to end up with songs that you're proud of because we often want to like move on or start the next song after we we do the fun part because we're, I just want to move to the next fun part, right? So you're going to keep writing sweet guitar riffs and never actually finish songs utilizing those guitar riffs if we just allow ourselves to follow our whimsy because our whimsy is always going to be to do the part of songwriting that is easiest and most fun, which very often goes together, right? Very often the most fun is, is the easiest for almost anything we do. Maybe not always, but, but generally, right? If something's really hard, usually in the moment, it's not fun. When you finish, that's what's most fulfilling. That's what you're most proud of, right? If you physically built your own house, probably about zero seconds of the years you would spend building your house would be quote unquote fun. But probably it's also the thing that at the end of your life would be one of the things besides family and all the things that are actually important. For other stuff, that probably would be the thing you'd be most proud of. Who builds their own house? That's crazy. That's awesome. So it would be fulfilling and would give you joy for many years afterwards. But the fun in the moment just is probably not going to be there. And I think that's true for almost anything that we work on. So for songs, a lot of times at the end, what makes them so fulfilling and great are the areas that we did that wasn't fun in the moment, but it needed to be done to end up with a final product that we could be proud of. And if we always do what we feel like and don't attack the parts that are necessary and hard, we won't finish songs and we won't start making those hard and necessary parts easier. That's the other thing that's important about this. Lyric writing is never going to become easier for you if you constantly are like, uh, I'm just going to write another guitar riff because that's more fun. I'm better at that. Well, the best way to get better at lyric writing and make it less painful, and I'm picking on lyric writing, but it can be anything, right? Maybe for you, it's composing a melody that is just a giant headache. Maybe for you, it's it's one of the one of the people responding to my what's your biggest songwriting struggle said the chorus. The chorus is the biggest songwriting struggle. So the best way to make, taking that as an example, a chorus not your biggest struggle anymore is to write a lot of choruses. It's like anything else in life. You want to get better at coding? Code more. You want to get better at writing bass lines? Write more bass lines. You want to get better at photography? Take more pictures. You want to get better at speaking in a podcast? Make more podcasts. I certainly hope that I'm at least generally on average more eloquent and better at podcasting now than I was episode one. Now, I still have a long ways to go. Uh, but like, I, hopefully I'm better now than I was episode one. Hopefully somebody, if they listen to like episode one and realize, oh, that's from years ago. And then they listen to this because it's the latest episode. They think, wow, he got a lot better. Hopefully, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but th that tends to be how things go, right? Doing something more makes it easier. A lot of times we take things for granted as easy, not because they actually are easy, but because we've done them so much that now they are easy. Right. So to me, just sort of improvising at a piano, a melody and a little chord progression, it's easy. But that's because I've spent years and years and years doing that all the time. I just did it all the time. So it's generally something that I find easy. So then sometimes, you know, if I'm trying to show somebody, oh, it's easy. I think it's easy. Right. But that's just because I've done it a lot. And you have things like that as well, that you just think, oh, this is easy. 
And then sometimes maybe you try to teach it to somebody else and you're like, oh, I guess it's not so easy. You just forgot that it didn't used to be easy because it's been so easy for you for so long because you've done it so much. So practicing what is hard will make it less hard and maybe eventually easy. So my challenge to you is attack the bottlenecks. Get in the practice of doing what you need to do to finish songs, not what you feel like doing. Don't allow yourself to be the person that is like, oh, I love making sweet bass lines or cool chord progressions, so I'm just going to write chord progression after chord progression after chord progression. And I don't really like doing melodies and lyrics, so I'm just kind of going to do it once in a while. I'll force myself to do it, but I'm, I'm, I'm mostly going to do the part of songwriting that's fun. Don't allow yourself to do that. We all can fall into that trap. We all will fall into that trap. I guarantee every single person listening to this, and me included, we will all fall into this trap at some point this year. But we, we all make mistakes. That's okay. What's not okay is to continue allowing it. So once we notice it and think, oh, wow, in your case, think, oh, Joseph mentioned this. Or in my case, what an idiot I am. I literally put in a podcast that we need to concentrate on doing what we have to do, not just follow our whimsy. And here I am following my whimsy. What a hypocrite I am. So hopefully I have that realization in the inevitable moment where I fall into this trap as well. And remember that I made this podcast and say, wait a second. No, (laughs) I need to do what I must, not what I feel like. And then consistency. A phrase I heard that I really like, I think I think it's something like little shifts over heavy lifts, and I might be getting that, that wrong. But it's sort of the idea that a little bit at a time, consistently, usually in the form of a habit, adds up really fast. And usually we get overwhelmed because we force ourselves to do heavy lifts, right? It will be like, oh, I haven't written a song or, or done any songwriting at all for two months. So now I'm going to take a whole weekend and just write songs. And after like an hour and a half, you're tired. You're like, oh, I have nothing in me. I suck at songwriting. Like, no, no. It's just we asked too much of ourselves when we said, I'm not going to do any songwriting for two months. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to expect myself to be able to have, you know, 20 hours worth of songwriting that I can just do, which is maybe unreasonable. There are times where we're super inspired and a whole weekend of songwriting might be great. Uh, But there are other times that we just don't have that much in the tank. So doing a little bit every day adds up fast. So if in previous years you have not made songwriting a habit where you try to do it every day, make it so that you don't have any, you know, three days in a row where you never write any songs or work on any songs. That will add up so fast because missing a day here and there and then all of a sudden two weeks go by and we haven't done any songwriting so we haven't had any progress adds up really fast right how easy is it to not do any songwriting for two weeks in two weeks is something like two percent of a year right you may say oh that's two percent of a year okay then it's a month All of a sudden, we're at, that math must have been wrong. I'm sorry, that's not 2% of a year. Two weeks is 4% of a year, 5% of a year, give or take. 
all of a sudden it's a month. That is approximately one-tenth of a year. 10% already. Gone. All of a sudden, two months? <laughs> I mean, a quarter. A quarter of a year is three months. It's really easy to let weeks turn into months. Very easy. If we don't have the habit of songwriting, where we don't make it that it is an exceptional day that we don't work on a music at all. And if you're saying right now, Joseph, I, I don't have that kind of time. Nobody has that kind of time. It's about making the time and even committing to a, a, a shorter session is fine. Even, even committing to something like 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day creates a good habit and also adds up way faster than you'd think, right? After four days, that's an hour's worth of songwriting which is a heck of a lot better than going two months with no songwriting at all and not even noticing it because it wasn't a habit in the first place. So you don't even really notice. They had, wow, two months has gone by since I've worked on anything? So a part of this is emphasizing the habit over goals. I still make goals every year, but I've realized more and more that goals are more the ugly stepchild or whatever the phrase is than anything else. Goals are fine, but what's most important is habits. So I can make whatever goals I want for this year, but if I don't have the habits to make those goals actually happen, the goals are pointless. That's where you actually get like New Year's resolutions, right? People are like, oh, I'm, I, I resolve to lose 20 pounds and work out every day. Um, and I'm sorry if I just made fun of it. We've all been there, okay? Let's, let's be honest. We've all been there. So, you know, and then people wonder why two weeks in they give up. It's like, well... It was barely even a goal. You didn't really have a plan that you executed on. And you never gave yourself enough time to make it a habit. And a lot of times people just, you know, they get frustrated. They start working out and they actually gain weight because they're gaining muscle or they're not losing weight on the scale as much as they'd like. Little do they know it's because they're like drinking more water. So that's why it's like water. Whatever. So after two weeks, they're like, ah, I've only gone down by a pound. I'm done. It's like, well, if you just waited one pound every two weeks, that adds up over the course of a year. That's 26 pounds. One pound every two weeks, I said, right? Yeah, that was the correct math. We got it. Um, so don't do that when it comes to songwriting. Forming the habit of songwriting is more important than saying oh, my New Year's resolution or my goal for this year is to release an EP or my goal for this year is to write 30 songs. That goal doesn't help I mean, I'm not saying don't make that goal. I'm just saying, like, that is insignificant compared to just make the habit of songwriting. In fact, if one of you is like, my goal is to write 50 songs this year, and another one of you says, my goal is to get into the habit of writing one hour a day, and my rule is that I'm allowed, you know, once in a while we miss, right, but never miss two in a row. It's the whole, they talk about this a lot in football for the NFL. If you can go through a season and if you win at home and you never lose too straight, you're going to lose sometimes, especially on the road. But just don't let one loss become two losses. If you do those two things, almost guaranteed you're a playoff team and probably with a high seed. So take a similar attitude when it comes to writing songs. We all have off days. We all have days that we might be sick. We might um, 
just have such a busy day. We're so tired. We just can't do it that day. Just don't let it be two days in a row, right? It's like once in a while we eat too many donuts, but like maybe don't do it two days in a row. And if we do it two th days in a row, don't make it three days in a row. But just have that thing in your mind where once you have one off day, don't let it become two. And then if, wow, oh my goodness, I had two off days, really don't let it become three. So the person who's, who makes it, who who is determined, I'm going to get in the habit that it is very much the exception for me to not spend at least half an hour a day songwriting. I can almost guarantee you is going to have better output this year than somebody who creates some arbitrary, I'm going to release an EP this year goal, which again, I think is a good goal, but without a habit to back it up, who cares? It doesn't, doesn't matter. In fact, I'm, I'm a good example of, of that where specifically um, songwriting, I don't usually have a problem finishing writing. I do have a problem finishing recording vocals, which I've done a pretty good job of addressing in the past six months or so, uh, which maybe we should do a whole episode about that because I think I've mentioned it, but maybe it would be helpful to talk about it a little bit more. Um, but that, that that was like the bugaboo for me, which I, is probably the first time I've ever said that word out loud. <laughs> um, but creating a habit of whenever my wife is out of the house, I think to myself, maybe now's a good time to just get some vocals done. That alone helped me write record way more vocals in the last like three months or so than I had for years. Because for years I, I found myself tinkering on the music and stuff, and 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 you know I, I always was like, oh, if I don't have six hours in a row by myself, I'm not going to record vocals. And then I wasn't in great vocal shape because I wasn't singing enough because I wasn't recording. So it, it just became sort of this this vicious cycle, and and that can happen on the songwriting side too, right? So just getting in the habit of habits over goals because we can make whatever goal we want about ep and i'm gonna release 30 songs this year i'm gonna just write 30 songs this year much better for us all to focus on the habits we can get into than it is to focus on the goals goals are good but make the habits to supplement those goals and then finally have a songwriting process i know this is one of those things where some people, especially the the more artsy you fancy yourself, the more likely you are to roll your eyes at this or to write it off. And I hear you, but a, a process is something that gives you a framework to actually get stuff done. And it doesn't limit your creativity. It's something that allows you to use your creativity through a process where you just have clarity over what you need to do, and what you probably should do next. Processes make almost a good process, makes almost anything more efficient. And the idea that that only works for like engineering and science and math things, no, of course it doesn't. The best authors, or the, at least the, the best authors that actually output books, right, that actually write books, almost always have a process, right? Brandon Sanderson can talk for a long time about his process. And that dude writes great books and he writes tons of books. I mean, he just like dropped four, four extra books in a year during COVID. Four extra books, not, not four books, extra books. Like I think he already had like two regular ones planned for that year. Maybe it was one. 
And then just surprise, I wrote four books that I didn't tell you all about. That's crazy. That's a lot. That's really impressive. That comes from processes. It doesn't result. I think everybody has in their head. Maybe not everybody. Maybe not you. But a lot of people, I think on the creative side, and I understand this, right? When they hear process and marry it to art, they think that it becomes soulless garbage and it's like Hollywood producers that keep tinkering on stuff and movies are made by committee and it becomes a soulless movie that's cookie cutter and all the same. And that's what they imagine, right? That's what they think when they think of process when it comes to creativity. But it's nothing like that, right? Because it's still just all you. It's just a framework to go through. It's just you having an understanding of things like, you know, knowing that before you start writing your lyrics, you want to develop out your lyrics, really try to figure out what's the main theme I'm getting at here, what's the story I'm trying to tell, what does the first verse need to communicate versus what the second verse needs to communicate, just taking time to write prose where we're almost journaling from the main character's point of view to sort of flesh out different ideas. And sometimes in that moment, you'll write something that actually is quite brilliant and literally can word for word be used in your lyrics later. Having a process like that, and that's just a small part of the process, right? In fact, that's a small part of the six-step lyric writing checklist that I have, songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist again, that it, it doesn't restrict you at all, right? There's nothing restricting about as a part of my process before I start writing lyrics. Generally, I'm going to try to do some prose writing first. I'm just going to write. I'm not going to be forcing myself to write in meter and use rhyme and all that. I'm just going to write from the main character's point of view. Just, just write, write all ideas that I can. And then I'm going to try to figure out, okay, what's a good way to tell this story? Should this song have two verses, three verses? Does it need a bridge? Should it have a finale? Should it have uh, two bridges? You know, does this, should the song have a chorus? What should the chorus be about? And once I figure out what the chorus is about, okay, what are the, the supplemental parts I need to, you know, the, the supporting ideas, if you will, and then figure out, oh, okay, there's the central theme and then three supporting ideas. And so maybe the first supporting ideas in the first verse, second ones in the second verse and the third ones in the bridge. Just having a process like that can help so much with just not spending so much time, because we all do this, where like writer's block most of the time, I think comes from one of two things. One, perfectionism, and you're too in your own head, and you have like editor brain when you should have writer brain. I think that's one of the main things, right? We don't write any lyrics down because the editor side of our brain is like, no, that's trash. No, that's trash before we even write it down. It's like, well, yeah, it probably is. But the editor part of our brain can take the trash that we write initially and edit it into something good later. That's just a part of this, the writing process is some, sometimes you need to write the, the stuff that's not very good. And some of it just isn't very good and you won't use it all. And some of it is not good, but it had a lot of potential. So then in the editing process, you can then refine that into something good. So having processes like that, even if you have multiple processes, goes a long way. Like for me, the fact that I have certain go-tos for starting a song, especially with the songwriting sprints, right? If you only have an hour to write a song, you better have some go-to processes. Because if you just sit down and say, okay, let's write a song in an hour, 
that might not go very well. But if you know that you have certain processes, like for example, for me, when I'm doing a songwriting sprint, I know step one, come up with a musical engine, right? Something musical that I think can drive the song. Sometimes it's a bass line. Sometimes it's a piano riff. I haven't done this yet, but presumably at some point I'll get the guitar out for a songwriting sprint and build it off of a guitar chord progression or something else. But I have certain go-tos that I know I can use. And my first thing is always find a musical engine, which is basically just a musical part that I think is cool, that it's worthy of building a song off of, whether that's an interesting piano riff, bass line, whatever. Then after that, I know, okay, something I can do from there is try to figure out a melody that goes along with that. So now I have, or maybe a chord progression and then a melody, if I feel the need. So now I have the basic music and the basic melody. So from there, it's like, hmm, what does this sound like it would be about? And once I figure out, hmm, this sounds like this would be a wistful love song for somebody that died 20 years ago. And you wonder, what would life be like if you hadn't died in that car accident at 16? And why do I always pick dark things? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, maybe someday I'll pick something bright and happy when I just come up with something off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> but, but it's not this day. So <laughs> that it really is always like, it, it, even in my head, I think to myself, edit it into something a little brighter. And then sometimes it just somehow gets darker. Um, so, <laughs> so goodness. Um, so then once you have an idea of here's what the music sounds like it would be about, then you can quickly maybe go through some prose writing or outlining and then get into the lyrics, right? And now I know what I'm talking about. I already have my melody, so I can fit my lyrics to the melody. I already have the bass line that I think is sweet. That's where they build this off. There's a process there. Nothing in that is limiting. That doesn't mean you can't have alternate processes. Maybe sometimes for a songwriting sprint, you're like, I'm going to just write a poem and then write a melody that goes with the poem. I'm going to try speaking the poem out loud. Then I'm going to sing the poem out loud. And then I'm going to figure out chords that go with that. And that's my process. You can have tons of different processes, but just having some go-to processes is a great way to take the thinking out of what do I do next? Because that's where we waste a lot of time often. We waste a lot of time with editor brain on when really we just need to turn on, put on our writer's cap and not be so picky. We just need to write and then let the editor side of our brain edit it into something good. And then the other thing that often, you know, res results in writer's block of, of a sort is kind of not knowing where to go next. Just being like, okay, I have a melody. Now what? Well, that comes from a lack of process, right? If you have a process, you have an idea. You might have an idea of something like, okay, when I start a song with a melody, a good natural next step that works is figuring out an underlying chord progression for that melody. Now I have a melody and a chord progression. The next step is figuring out what does this sound like it would be about. And then I can figure out where the lyrical direction before actually writing the lyrics. That's an example of a process. Nothing limiting in that. It's just something that is a good go-to that will help us get out of our own way and we don't get paralyzed by what do I do next because you know what you are going to do next. Because when you have clarity on your overall process, you have clarity on what to do next. So you just have to actually do the next step 
rather than being overwhelmed, not knowing what to do. So those are four things that will help, hopefully, all of us, myself included, write more songs in 2024 than we did in 2023. And most of these, some of these I've incorporated for a long time. But Songwriting Sprints is fairly new even to me, but it's been super helpful already. Um, these things, I'm, I'm excited to double down on the ones I've been doing for a long time, and I'm excited to have a whole year worth of incorporating songwriting sprints because they've been huge. So I hope you will try it as well. If you haven't already, again, be sure to have a process for your lyric writing because frankly, lyric writing, I think is the part of songwriting that most needs its own process. That's why it's six steps. It might sound like a lot, but breaking it down into small baby steps is a great way to have a lyric you're proud of. So be sure to grab that songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. Totally free. My gift to you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching if you are on YouTube. And I will be back soon with another bonus one to start to finish out. It might be like five more special bonus episodes because uh, I take a long time with each of the with, with each of the uh, different answers that we got to the question, what's your biggest songwriting struggle? So I don't know how many more of those there will be. But we'll be back with some of those and, of course, the regular podcast. I just want to do this podcast, a regular normal podcast, just as a reminder that don't worry, we're not going to spend forever on the bonus podcast format where I am just answering, not even really answering questions, addressing your number one songwriting struggles. Uh, still going to get through all of that, but wanted to also have a regular podcast we put out there as well. And we'll be resuming regular videos as well. It's been a little weird with Thanksgiving and things like that. But we'll get back to the normal cadence of things. And this is one small step. So let's get ready for 2024 because it's coming. It's coming. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited to have a killer 2024 when it comes to songwriting. And I'm excited that you're going to have a killer one too. I will talk to you in the next one.